what we do is, is we recognize we are not the experts here, but the communities and the leaders in those communities are the experts. And so we look to them to be our guide for how to engage with these communities. We let them be sort of our gateway and show us the way for how to build trust with these communities to understand their needs and what is valuable to them. And so we learn from that. And again, we really rely on our partners so that we can engage with these communities and help to ensure that you know we have representative participation in the All of Us Research Program. Welcome to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard, and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast brings together leaders in rural healthcare with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural healthcare ecosystem. Each week, you'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This is Rural Health. My name is Scott Hertzberg, host of the program, and I serve as the president of the California State Rural Health Association. In this episode, we're talking about all of us as it relates to the Hispanic Heritage Month, which is coming up in September and October. And my guest today is Dr. Martin Mendoza, who serves as the Director of Health Equity for the All of Us Research Program. Dr. Mendoza, welcome to the program. We're so happy to have you here. Hey, Scott. Great to be on and and great to meet you. And and please call me Martin. I'm just super excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much. So your title, Director of Health Equity, can you maybe give our audience a better understanding of what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone that may not know what health equity is, health equity is really the, the attainment of the highest level of health for all. And so as Director of Health Equity for the All of Us Research Program, it's really my job to improve inclusion and equity in precision medicine and really to make sure that health equity is at the center of everything all of us does. So whether we're talking about the participants uh, that join our program, researchers, or sort of the administrative day-to-day activities of the program, I am charged with making sure that that health equity is, is foundational and central to all of that. That is awesome. Now, you know, I'm biased and my interest in healthcare is obviously towards rural California health being CSRHA. But before we delve into rural communities, uh, maybe let's start with the basics. I know that we've spoken about all of us, you know, earlier in the year, but for some of our listeners who might be new to it, could you kind of give me the rundown of what the All of Us Research Program is? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do so. So as, as you likely know, Scott, so too often modern medicine has really been this, this one-size-fits-all approach. And all of us, the All of Us Research Program here at NH, we're really looking to change that. So specifically, all of us is really this, this historic long-term effort to gather health data from one million more people that reflected the diversity of those living in the United States who will volunteer their anonymized health data so that researchers can advance discoveries and improve health for all. And, and so what, what makes really all of us unique is that it takes into account individual differences in lifestyle, socioeconomics, environment, and biology. And by doing so, we hope that researchers will one day uncover paths towards delivering precision medicine or individualized prevention, treatment, and care for all of us. Importantly, the program is, is really open to both healthy and sick and from all communities. And unlike a single research study or what some people may think about as Uh, for example, a clinical trial that is focused on a specific disease or population, all of us is really meant to serve as 
as a national uh, research resource to inform thousands of studies covering a wide variety of health conditions. And, and really, if, if folks only take one thing away from this podcast, what's really important here is that contributing to all of us, it makes it possible for you and your local community to be represented in medical research. Yeah, that is huge because I know, you know, that definitely like when we look at medication dosages and it says adult takes two pills, like an adult, that can be a whole ton of different people, right? And I think that's pretty great, this concept of precision medicine and really taking into account, like you said, environmental factors, socioeconomic factors, genetic factors, all of that can really help create the care that people need that's individualized to them. So, you know, I know you said a million people, right? That is a very lofty goal. But I want to say, I could swear just a few months ago when when I was looking at this, we were like 500,000. But now I just got an alert that said over 700,000 participants have done the primary consent. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we recently reached that milestone. And, you know, that that wouldn't be possible without really strong community engagement and really, you know, as I'll talk about later, meeting people where they are. And so, you know, we're really focused, again, on including people from all walks of life, from all across the United States, whether that's race, ethnicity, sexual gender minorities, those that self-identify with disability, lower incomes, less than high school education, folks with challenges accessing health care. We want everybody to join the program. And so we are super proud to report that of those folks that have joined the program, roughly about 46% of them self-identify as a racial ethnic minority individual. And then about 81% of them identify in as part of that larger group of populations that, that I just listed. So bottom line, we have a super, super diverse cohort of people. That is incredible. I mean, it sounds like you're really making progress toward those goals and that it's not the super isolated, homogenous population. So I know that one of the target areas is rural, right? Because I think too often it's easy, you know, you need to go get a thousand, you know, people participate in a study, go to a city that has 150,000 people, easy to find, but it's harder to get those rural populations engaged. How does the program reach out to and collaborate with rural communities? Yeah, thanks for asking that that question. And so just one point of clarification, you know, when we think about engaging with various populations, we like to think of them as our partners. So we definitely don't want to target any population, but, you know, we, we look to engage with them as true partners within this program. And so when we think about rural communities and rural populations, you know, we're really committed to engaging with these populations that haven't been well represented in medical research, including rural populations, so that medical research can be more inclusive and benefit us all. And so when we think about about all these populations, we really have a, a network of these healthcare provider organizations, regional medical centers, and importantly, fairly qualified health centers across the country engaging rural communities, including in California. So for example, we have more than 100 community-based partners, including the National Rural Health Association that helps to ensure inclusion of rural communities. And another one of our partners, the National Hispanic Medical Association, is also focused on engaging rural populations. But really the, the bottom line here is that here at All of Us, we don't look at ourselves as experts in how to engage and, and work with you know any of these various populations that I listed earlier. What we do is, is we recognize we are not the experts here, but the communities and the leaders in those communities are the experts. And so we look to them to be our guide 
for how to engage with these communities. We let them be sort of our gateway and show us the way for how to build trust with these communities to understand their needs and what is valuable to them. And so we learn from that. And again, we really rely on our partners so that we can engage with these communities and help to ensure that you know we have representative participation in the All of Us Research Program. I really appreciate that. It's a really healthy way to think about it, right? As partners. And, you know, I think, you know, some of the information that I've read shows that this is not kind of a one and done relationship, right? You get the consent, but then folks might be participating in this for years. Yeah, absolutely. That is our goal. We want to be lifetime partners with folks that that join our program. And so when we think about being a lifetime partner with someone, that means that we need to be re, uh, returning value to anybody that joins our program. And we understand that value can come in, in many different forms. So for example, one of the primary ways that uh, we return value to those who, who join uh, our program is we offer genetic and health-related return results. So for example, you may be familiar with some commercial companies that, that offer you know, uh, genetic ancestry type of information. If you donate, like, for example, a saliva sample, well, we offer a similar sort of return of value. So for someone that donates blood or saliva to the program, in most cases, they will have the option to receive their genetic ancestry results. And then just a, a few months ago, we started offering what we call health-related return of results. So when we think about health-related return results, there are really two categories. One is something called medicine and your DNA report. What this does is it looks at at a list of known medications, not every medication, but a a list of some known ones that are known to have specific interactions with specific uh, genes or genotypes. And so we are able to provide results back to participants that say, hey, uh, if you have this particular gene or the certain variant of a gene, it may not, this medicine may not be as effective for you. And so that is information that at the participants choosing, they can share with their physician. In addition to that, we also started offering what we call the hereditary disease risk report. And so when we think about that, you may know, you may be familiar with a gene called, for example, BRCA1, which is known to cause breast cancer in women yeah. and or be, at least be associated with breast cancer in women. And so, again, for participants that provide a, a blood or saliva sample, uh, in most cases for women, we can tell them, do you have a pathogenic variant? of the BRCA1 or the BRCA2 gene. And so by providing this type of information back to folks, if they want it, there's no obligation to, to take it, we are able to provide value back to them. Other forms of value that we are working on include the ability in the future for participants to join additional studies that may be of interest to them. So these are all ways that we're looking to provide value back to our participants, again, because we know value comes in many different forms and different folks are going to value different things. So so on one hand, you have the, you know, hey, cilantro is going to taste like soap to you. And on the other hand, you're like, hey, let's not waste three months pursuing the wrong cancer treatment because we have this additional information. And as you're going through your cancer journey, this may help, you know, make that progress for you. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's huge. Yeah. And I should also add that in the event that a participant uh, receives a uh, pathogenic finding, we are a, a research program, so we cannot provide health care, but we don't want to just leave that person sort of hanging. And, and so one of the things we do is regardless of whether you receive a pathogenic result or not, you have the option free of charge to go over your specific individual results with a certified genetic counselor. 
And in the case of someone that does receive a pathogenic finding, we actually require that person to view the results in the presence of a certified genetic counselor. So they cannot view it alone on, on their own. And, and so this is something that you know we feel strongly about, and it's all part of our cause and, and our goal to advance health equity. That's incredible. And I think you know, that's something that is an opportunity that a lot of folks wouldn't have outside of this program. So that's so incredible as a way of advancing, like I'll say, health literacy within the population, you know, having an understanding and, and some ownership over their health care instead of just like, well, I was told to eat this and I'm not getting any healthier. You know, having a better understanding is just so empowering. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you think of any you know, particular success stories or anything that the program has made in rural areas at all? I know that's, you know, as we're starting to engage with these populations more. Yeah. So when we think about rural communities, we know that they, you know, sort of experience these significant health disparities. And sometimes that can be higher cancer rates in some instances or challenges accessing health care or, or really any number of other challenges. And so All of us recognizes this, and and we're really committed to being part of the solution to to help change that. And so when it comes to rural communities, we have several initiatives in place to ensure that we are meeting people where they are and providing them options to participate in all of us and be represented in biomedical research. And and that's really what we consider a win here. There are three efforts that that I want to talk about. The first one is is what we call the journey. And so this is our, our traveling mobile trailer exhibit. And there's actually three of them, one for the West Coast, one for the East Coast, and one for the middle of the country. And so what these are really set up to do is to meet folks in their local community. So through these mobile units, individuals are able to learn about the All of Us Research Program. They're able to engage with All of Us team members. And if they so choose to do so, they can sign up for the program on the spot and and donate a biosample at their discretion. So again, really a way to meet folks where they are. Another popular way people can engage with the program is by joining the program at a, an enrollment site. However, you know, we recognize that not everyone has access to an enrollment site. And thus, in addition to, to our journey to our mobile units, we offer other ways that people can get involved. So, for example, participants not affiliated with a healthcare provider organization, they can en- enroll remotely on their own using our digital interfaces like our websites and our apps. And then they can provide a biosample through a saliva kit that they can request to have mailed to their homes. Additionally, all participants can take part in program activities, including participating in surveys. They can keep track of programmatic updates. And in many cases, as we talked about earlier, they can view their genetic results through an online portal that does not require them to visit an in-person enrollment site. That's great. And really, the, the, the final initiative I want to discuss revolves around sort of this biosample collection. So we talked about remote saliva. But one of the other options is to provide a biosample to the program. And when I say biosample, I mean blood, urine, or saliva is through something that we call Exam 1. So Exam 1 is, is a trusted lab testing provider. And so we offer that to participants, the option for them to come to their home where they can provide a biosample in the comfort of their own home at a time that is convenient to them. Wow. It feels like you guys have thought of really all the different angles to make sure that you're making it as convenient for folks as possible. And, you know, I really appreciate that. That is access to healthcare or or healthcare research participation is really challenging, especially in rural populations where you might have to take the day off work to drive half an hour, an hour to get to the health center. So the steps that you've taken to make this much more accessible is really significant. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, obviously, I, I can't take credit for for. It was all you. I know you sat down and you're like, guys, I have three plans here. But this is an effort by literally hundreds, if not thousands, of, of people. You know, of dedicated public servants and public health officials just working tirelessly to make sure that we offer folks options and and that we meet people where they are. Yeah. Well, so in I mean, California is a big state geographically. We have a large population here. And kind of in, in the spirit of the time of the year, you know, it's not without notice that one of the, the largest and most rapidly growing populations in California, especially rural California, is the Hispanic, you know, Chicano, Latin population, right? That is, California is increasingly moving in that direction. And we're talking about how one size fits all healthcare, right? Does not apply. If you talk to folks in different parts of rural California, they have their own unique experiences, even though there may be some, you know, underlying bonds that connect them. So I've got to imagine that all of us is probably one of the largest, if not the largest databases for this population's healthcare information, right? The research. Right. So right now, about 16% of our database is represented by under the umbrella of, again, and that's not to minimize the differences between these populations, but, but sort of the umbrella of the Hispanic, Latino, slash Chicano, you know, sort of group here. And so, you know, that's something that we are super proud of. And we are obviously aiming to enroll more and engage more with, with the Hispanic population, because as, as I'm sure you know, by 2045, we are expected to be this minority majority status in the U.S. And then by 2060, Hispanics are predicted to to grow to about 28% of the U.S. population. So they will be the, the largest non-European sort of racial ethnic population within the U.S. So it's a population that is worth accounting for in your, in your healthcare research. You got it. So for... You know, recognizing that in California, I think it's somewhere close to 40% of the population. There's an opportunity for rural healthcare providers and community members to get engaged in, and involved with all of us. How do we do that? How do we make sure that our voices are heard? California is never heard, right? We're always ignored. We're this little one in the corner. No, but but how do we make sure that these folks are able to participate and engage and make sure that that they're represented and heard? Yeah, super important question. In addition to all of the, you know, things we talked about earlier, whether that's the ability to donate saliva remotely or have someone come and collect the biosample in your home or visit one of our, our mobile units, one of the things that we are planning on is something is an event in San Diego sort of commemorating Hispanic Heritage Month. Before I tell you a little about about that, I, I do want to take a step back and briefly uh, just sort of build on on our previous discussion about the importance of Hispanics and all of us, as you alluded to, whether someone identifies as Hispanic or Latina or Chicano or any other population, what we, at all of us here, we really want to celebrate and, and embrace both the similarities and the differences among all these groups. And our goal here is really to be as inclusive as possible when it comes to engaging with these communities. And so, you know, we've already gone over the statistics with regards to the percentage of, of Hispanics in the U.S. and how that's expected to grow. And also, you know, that San Diego is itself is 30% Hispanic. But aside from just the, these large statistics, we know that Hispanic Latinos are twice as likely to have type 2 diabetes than those from, from a, a European ancestry. And then the fact that Hispanic women are more likely to develop heart disease 10 years earlier than non-Hispanics. 
And the heart disease is also the second leading cause of death among Hispanic population in the U.S. after cancer. And then you talked about early wins for the program. Well, when we think about Hispanics, we know that research using the All of Us data set has actually showed that Hispanic communities have higher rates of stomach, cervical, and liver cancer. And, and so really that gets the notion that, that really knowledge is power. And, Absolutely. And, and knowing that type of information is just really super important. And so when you think about these disparities and the lack of diversity in medical research, you know, that can mean that these local Hispanic communities can be left out of the latest scientific advances. And, and that's really where we come in. You know, so by collecting data from this really diverse group of people, it really helps to paint a picture of, of what makes us, each of us, unique. And really, it helps researchers understand how our health history, our genetics, environment, and our life experiences impact our health. So again, we're really looking to advance this idea of equity precision medicine. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, great information to have. And then you can activate the communities. You can work with community health workers and promotoras to mm -hmm. say, hey, like screening is important and it's extra important for you because there's a higher chance that you'll encounter this. That's such an empowering tool for a community to know, you know, that you have someone who can, I mean, literally speaking the language, but also communicating effectively with a group instead of just having the same, you know, standard flyer or standard message, being able to tailor to a community's needs and interests, you know, and to, to do your outreach in a way that is effective because the same method may not work for two different populations to get them to come out to an event or to sign up for a project. That's absolutely right. I mean, and in San Diego, like Barrio Logan is going to be very different than Coronado, right? Like even though they're all under San Diego's umbrella, it's huge. And I really appreciate that you're, you know, the progress and the advances that this is making. Yes. And one of the things that we are super proud of here at All of Us is that all of our materials, what we call the full participant experience, our surveys, our promotional materials, everything is available in both English and in Spanish. So that's, you know, as you just alluded to, being able to communicate with folks in a language that, that they understand, that they're familiar with, so that they can feel comfortable about joining a program like all of us, you know, is something that we really made an intentional effort around. Yeah. Okay, Martin, please tell me about this All of Us Festival that's happening in San Diego this October. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. So as you just alluded to, September 15th actually marks the beginning of Hispanic Heritage Month, and all of us will be celebrating that occasion with uh, something we're calling the All of Us Festival in San Diego on Saturday, October 14th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Chrysalis Monarch Schools Center for the Arts on 1805 Main Street in San Diego. And so here at the All of Us Festival, anyone who, who joins us can learn how they can be included in shaping the future of health for themselves, for their family, for their community, and, and future generations. And of course, this will be a, a bilingual event, English and Spanish, for the community. And so at the event, it's really focused on celebrating the impact and contributions of the Hispanic community within the All of Us Research Program. There, we will share resources and information that the All of Us Research Program has to offer communities, as well as provide access to free health resources, including health screenings, as well as, you know, offer a variety of ways for the Hispanic community in San Diego to get more involved in the All of Us Research Program if they so choose. So really, we're hoping that for those folks that choose to join, and it's free for all, no events, registration or tickets required, 
We hope that people will come away from this event with a really a deeper understanding of how they can be involved in really this historic effort to advance the ability to understand what makes people sick and what keeps them healthy and how they can ensure that future medical advances take into account folks like themselves and their families and their communities. Okay, so family-friendly event with no tickets needed, and there's going to be food and music and healthcare research. That is my ideal weekend. What more could you ask for? I mean, seriously. All right. So the All of Us Festival, you said October 14th, and we'll make sure to have all the details for the event in the show notes and on our social media so folks can attend. You know, I uh, really appreciate all the work that you all have done especially like helping get this word out to everybody, but the research as well. And I think this is an excellent way for you to connect with the community, you know, especially during Hispanic Heritage Month, having this All of Us Festival in San Diego, it's just put a ribbon on it. It is perfect there. So thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you, Scott. And thank you for all your work to bring uh, information like this uh, to Hispanics and the greater San Diego community. We really appreciate it. All right, Martin. Well, thank you for being on the show and for sharing all this information about all of us and the All of Us Festival in San Diego. And I hope to see you all in San Diego in October. Thank you, everybody. This is Rural Health is the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association and is made possible by the generosity of our members. Our producer is Noelia Sanchez at Noteworthy Lab. To learn more about the CSRHA or to become a member, visit us at csrha.org. If you have a suggestion for a future guest or topic for the show, email us at podcast at csrj.org. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at CSRJ Podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support of the California State Rural Health Association.